Hey friends, are you craving connection on a deeper level with high caliber women? Well, I've got the perfect evening for you. If you live in the Twin Cities area of Minneapolis, St. Paul, or want to visit, I invite you to join me for an intimate evening of rich conversation, fabulous food, and new connections. Just send me an email at hello at barbarachurchill.com with the subject line, invite me to dinner, and I'll make sure to put you on the list to get all the information. This is happening early 2024, and you'll definitely want to be there. You are listening to episode 23 of the Create What You Crave podcast, the one where you discover what real freedom is all about. Welcome to the Create What You Crave podcast, a place for creating the self-confidence you need to be your best self as a leader at work and in life. If you want to bring more authenticity, more boldness, more clarity, and more fun to your world, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Barbara Churchill. Here we go. Hello, my friends. How the heck are you? I am doing really, really well. I'm trying to stay cool in these really hot days of summer. I hope you are too, wherever you are listening from. It kind of seems like the entire world is under this big heat wave, right? Now, I live in Minnesota, and I keep telling myself to enjoy this heat because in a few short months, I'm going to really wish that I could wear shorts and sandals because it gets so cold up here in the winter. Anyway, this week is the final episode of a four-part series on independence and freedom. So if you missed part one, two, or three, be sure to go back and listen to them. I'll have links to that in the show notes, okay? But before I talk about today's topic, I want to give you a heads up on something I'm working on right now. And up until now, the only way you could work with me is my one-on-one private coaching program. Or if you lead a team, I you know work with you and your team. I am creating an opportunity to work with me in an intimate group that will meet three times a month starting in October. It's for high-achieving women focused on their growth and their impact who want to lift other women up as they go. It's a combination of coaching and strategy, whether that be business or team or vision, productivity and accountability. And I am so excited to offer this because it will give you an opportunity to work with me and meet other women exactly like you in a setting that is confidential, safe, and power-packed. So if you want to get on the list to hear more about this, please send me an email at info at barbarachurchill.com because it is going to be, like I said, a small group, and I'm only going to open it up to a small number of people. This isn't one of those things that anybody can sign up at any time, okay? And it's going to be epic. I'm just going to tell you right now. (laughs) I'm very excited about it. All right. So today, let's get on it, right? All month, we've been talking about freedom and independence and what that means in certain areas of your life and your work. And today I want to talk about freedom in terms of authenticity, being yourself, truly being yourself. And what does that look like to you? Now, we all go through our daily lives and think that we're, you know, being authentically us. And I want to challenge you on that today. I want you to ask yourself, are you really showing up as you or are you showing up as a watered down version of you? Or Maybe you're showing up as a version of you that you think you have to be in order to get noticed for a promotion or to get that big client, or maybe sell your product or service to as many people as possible. And when you do that, when you water down or diminish or give the world less than what you're capable of, 
That is a prison in and of itself. Now, I will share with you that most of my life, I've been told that I was too much. (laughs) Too much. I talked too much. I mean, just ask all my school teachers, right? Because they always had that comment in my report cards. Elementary school, middle school, high school. Yes, indeed. She is pretty chatty. (laughs) Now, my husband always teases me that, you know, if this executive coaching thing doesn't work out for me, that I could certainly get a job with QVC because he thinks I can talk about everything. And, you know, I think he's right. (laughs) Anyway, but I was told I was too loud too, right? I was told I was too dressed up in the clothes that I wore. I was told that my personality was too big. And, you know, as a kid growing up, I certainly took those words to heart and in certain situations toned down how I showed up. And then in my early 20s and 30s, I tried to fit into what that mold was, you know, keeping parts of myself just hidden away. In order to fit in, in order to get approval, I toned everything down. Does this sound familiar to you in any way, shape, or form? Now, I've been on a journey for the last several years to get to know the real me. And each year, I dive a little deeper and discover things I either forgot about me or I didn't even know. So, This week, I decided to do something I've been wanting to do for a really long time. I got a tattoo. And I have to say, it was really empowering. And it was a bit emotional for me, which surprised me. Now, I had asked my middle son, Zach, if he wanted to go with me because the appointment just happened to be the same day as his birthday. And I told him if he went with me and held my hand because I was a little nervous, I'd take him to a birthday lunch afterward. And he was like, yeah, totally in, mom. So, I thought I'd be more nervous than I was. I was a little nervous, but at the same time, I was super excited because this felt more like something the real me would do. I had the word grace tattooed on the inside of my left forearm. And I was so surprised by what happened after it was all done. I got really emotional and it was a lot of emotions. I mean, it was a sense of pride. It was gratitude. And I just felt real. I felt like, yeah, this is who I am. Now, grace means a lot of different things to me. So I am thrilled that I have that on my arm and I get to look at it every day. And it was such a fun experience. And I loved that I got to share it with my middle guy, my middle son. Now, you know, here's what he said to me too, mom. He goes, okay, you're, you know, it's the first tattoo. You're going to want to add a lot more. And I thought, yeah, yeah, no, this is my only tattoo. But then you know what happened? I found myself thinking about adding another one. (laughs) You know, it was like the afternoon and I was already thinking, well, I could put this here and I could put this here. So I love that I have this because it reminds me of what's important to me and who I am. And it's so funny that I waited so long to get this first tattoo because my human brain made it mean that others might not perceive me as professional. And isn't that fascinating? I mean, what the hell does a tattoo have to do with behaving in a professional manner? Nothing, right? And isn't that such an outdated definition of being professional? I mean, I work with leaders and some people who have tattoos are looked upon as being unprofessional. I mean, I've had a couple, you know, teams and stuff that I've worked with and there's rules in this organization about ink and piercings and all of that, which I find fascinating. So the people that are getting interviewed and the people that work there, they hide their tattoos or their piercings so that they're not judged for what they have on their skin or pierced into their skin, right? 
So I let my clients know who lead teams and hire people, hey, be open to whoever comes into your orbit. We are in such a different place right now in the corporate space, especially. We just don't know the kind of talent or intelligence or work ethic that anyone has until they start working for us. So why on earth would we limit the pool of possible employees just because of what they have on their skin or if they have piercings that you might not think are attractive or professional, but make absolutely no difference in who they are as people or how they perform their jobs? So I digress. But anyway, this tattoo was really a freedom thing for me. It was an authenticity thing for me. And I'm curious what it would be for you. What is that thing for you? What are you diminishing? What are you toning down so that others accept you for being more mainstream or they think you're more acceptable to their world? I mean, this podcast isn't just about my tattoo, right? I have a client who's an entrepreneur. She owns her own coaching and consulting business. And she recently received feedback from a group of leaders and their team that she had facilitated a four-day workshop for. And they were having culture issues big time. And quite frankly, you know, who isn't in the corporate space right now? And they asked her to come in and address those cultural issues. Now, I've experienced this woman's brilliance. And I know based on feedback that she's received from so many of her clients that she is masterful as a facilitator and a coach. But here's what happened. She got feedback that her style wasn't a good fit for the group. Some said that she was too direct. Some said that the topic wasn't pertinent to their group. And while reading some of these comments, she was taking them as truth. Her brain, now because she has a human brain, decided to make it mean that those people were right about her skill sets and that her perception of herself was incorrect. And she really was upset about it. And this was what I find fascinating. Our brains are so fascinating, aren't they? If you were to meet her, you would think she was brilliant. She is stunningly beautiful on the inside and out. She commands a room. You would have no question whether or not she can do her job well. And yet, because she has a human brain, as we all do, she interpreted all of this feedback as something she needs to change. She needs to tone it down. She needs to dial it back. And nothing could be further from the truth. When we shine a light on people's behaviors and we hold a mirror up, oftentimes they don't like what they see. So they resist it. Now, my job as a coach and a facilitator and her job as a coach and a facilitator is not to make people feel very comfortable and sedentary in their habitual behavior. We are not there to do that. We're not there to just say, hey, you're doing everything great. Just keep the status quo. No, we are there to challenge you to think differently. We are there to help you get uncomfortable with the status quo because we never change anything when we're sitting in our comfort, right? Have you ever noticed that? Nothing ever changes when people are comfortable and everything is flowing and you know it's all unicorns and rainbows, right? The only time anything changes is when we get uncomfortable. When the pain of staying where we are is worse than the pain we anticipate we will feel when we make that change. That's when stuff happens, right? So this is totally my job and it's totally her job to help you look at things differently and then decide, do you want to change things up? So I walked her through her thoughts around what their feedback was and reminded her that feedback is someone's opinion and has nothing to do with her and everything to do with their perception of what's happening, their experience of what's happening in that room, right? Now, we looked at the feedback from a neutral state because if we remember the thought model that I've mentioned in other episodes, 
feedback is a circumstance and it's neutral. And that's what it is. It's a circumstance. I received feedback, right? So the model helps us with our thinking and we get to decide whether this thought is useful or isn't. So getting feedback on a workshop, right? Neutral circumstance. Anything she thought about that feedback is extra. The story that she made up and her thinking created the feelings that she had of inadequacy and self-doubt and even a little bit of shame. And if she would have kept those feelings, if she would have stayed in that, she would have gone down that spiral of negativity bias. She would have taken action from that place of self-doubt and inadequacy. Because remember, our feelings drive our actions. She would have changed her presentation. She would have revised her notes and maybe her PowerPoint. She would have toned down how she shows up in the room. She may have even changed you know, what kind of clothes she wears. And the outcome of that would have been something that is not as effective or as powerful. So we looked for useful comments, like you know, the presentation felt a little disconnected. Okay, we can work with that, right? So she went back to her presentation. She can look at it. Maybe she'll find some places that it did seem a little disjointed and she can smooth that out and make it a little bit more cohesive. Okay. That's useful, right? Any of the comments about her personality or the way she presented are all subjective and have nothing to do with her abilities or talents or skill sets. This was so helpful for her because she knew she was going down that rabbit hole of self-doubt based on what somebody else said about her. And I know you do the same thing. You know, we all do because we have this human brain. So I forget where I heard this, but I've always loved the truth in this very simple sentence. And here it is. Your opinion of me is none of my business. I love that. Isn't that the best line ever? Your opinion of me is none of my business. And it's so true. So I offer this to you. Whatever anyone says about you, let it slide off your back. Like, I mean, water off a duck, right? The only opinion that truly matters is your opinion of yourself. Anything else is just noise. And I'm including all the accolades that you get in your job. All the times that people say, oh my God, you were fabulous. Or thank you so much. This is amazing. You're amazing. This was great. All of that is noise too, because it's based on soothing that ego brain, giving you that hit, you know, oh, they like me. And it's not based on that inner knowing, that inner wisdom of who you truly are and loving yourself for that. So don't be at the effect of other people's words because you will have such a roller coaster of emotions and thinking. That will be how you conduct your life. And you'll spend all your time trying to be something or someone just to make other people happy. And you will end up being miserable in the process. Get to know the real you. Who is she? Grab a journal and start recording your thoughts and feelings. Allow yourself to do things that bring you joy, regardless of what others think about it. Buy that dress that's over the top gorgeous. Who cares if you just wear to the mailbox, right? You're going to love being in it. Get that tattoo you've always wanted and wear it with pride. Pair your passion with your opinion and share away on a topic that's important to you. Who cares if anybody else agrees? One of the first things I tell my clients when we begin working together is, they are beginning the journey of self-discovery that everyone needs, but very few take. They are finding themselves again after a very long absence. And you can have this too. I have a couple of openings in my private coaching practice. It's time you discover the real you and bring her out to play. The world is waiting, my friend.
Schedule your complimentary discovery call with me today. The link to do that is in the show notes. It is so time to be you unapologetically. All right. Till next week, we meet again. Remember, I believe in you. Hey, if you love this episode and want to dive deeper into what's possible for you, I invite you to schedule a call with me where we can discuss what it takes to get out from under the weight of self-doubt and step into the real you unapologetically. It's simple. Just visit barbarachurchill.com to book your complimentary call now. Remember, subscribe and review this podcast because I really want to hear from you. I'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.